A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I'm Ollie Davis, and I'm joined by your jam that champion, but for how much longer he's not got the belt is here. The it's, belt it's in the room with him. Where? Where's the belt? It's, it's there. It's by your shirt. Okay, I'll, I'll get it for the actual stream. Luco in D A. Hello, Swath Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How the devil are you? Uh, yeah, no, just I just actually I, I was going to tell you a story, but I'll save it for the show itself. Oh, um, for the AEW for the, portion. For the AEW portion of this, because it is relevant to that. Um, but anyway, how are you? Yeah, good. We're in the process of buying a house, and you're farting on phones. Uh, oh, you want me to tell that story again? <laughs> <laughs> I farted on a phone. Cool, by accident. Well, not, but it wasn't even by accident. No, it just came, well, it's a natural thing, right? Yeah, but like, no, well, it wasn't a thing that I didn't have control over. Mm. It was, yep, thank you very much. You have a good week too. Were you holding? Did you feel it like holding? And no, you were like, oh, came... I can't, I can't do this. It just sort of came out of nowhere, like an RKO. It was like all of a sudden, the choice was presented to me. Do you want to fart? And I went, yeah, sure. You know, it wasn't, but like... Yeah, because it was, you, were, you were hanging out with the phone, so... I could have held it. I uh, just didn't think about it. You want to get those tum-tum cramps. And I farted and then pressed end call. Mm. So, yeah. But we don't think they heard it. Well, I d- I've got no idea. I'm never going to see that person again. You, or what, talk to but them. But what if they called back and said, did you just fart? <laughs> <laughs> well, they didn't. <laughs> um, they probably went, the cheek of this car. I've just spent the last 20 minutes helping him with the car remote for the, f- the the fob that opens the underground car park. Oh, is that what you were calling about? And he farted at me. <laughs> I thought the have a nice week, have, enjoy your weekend stuff was sincere. Mm. Not a, not when you fart at the end of a sentence. <laughs> not, not Makes everything sound sarcastic. <laughs> uh, how is your weekend shaping up? You know, I don't like this question. Well, it's the Royal Rumble. Well, I know. Yeah. Okay, well, you're not doing the Rumble. <laughs> That's all my Sunday, though. 
Yeah, that's, that's working, true. So you're working on Sunday. Just to get up and watch the show. Because it'll be a four-hour show. I tell you with what. With a one-hour, maybe a two-hour pre-show. Mm-hmm. Actually, I need to see what time it starts. I dodged a bit of a bullet. Oh, yeah? um, so my lady partner is, of course, in the performing arts and the International Mime Festival is going on right now. Oh, no. And she was like, oh, there's a really good show <laughs> on Saturday. And she's ill at the moment. Mm. And I, I just say things to make her happy. And I said, yeah, we can go to that if you want. Because we do stuff I like all the time. You know, we went to wrestling last month, Pro Wrestling Eve. We saw, all, we see all the films I want to see. Mm-hmm. So I should do stuff that she wants to do. Yeah. Thank God it's sold out. Oh, we, we just found out before I left. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> the Mime oh, Festival. No. Got it. She said I would like it because it's a bit pretentious. Oh, that seems a bit harsh. I know. And I was like, you know, pretentious is an insult. Yeah, that's a bad thing. <laughs> and she was like, no, no, you mean because, you know, like you like discussing arty stuff and things. You, you'd studied French film at yeah. <laughs> university. I was like, it's not mime. <laughs> It's a French art form, though. It is, yeah. Yeah. Did you not have to do anything mime related on your when you were studying French classical movies? No, is, it doesn't really mime influence within the French oeuvre. I mean, yeah, when you get to the early pre-noise period, yeah. like uh, what well, the Villeneuve film by Rene Clair or whatever it is. But that's silent cinema in general, right? It's all mime. Well, no, I, I, what I mean is, like, is there a film about mime? Or, about a mime. You know, a, a mime is the lead character. I'm sure there is, but not the ones I studied. Not the ones that have stood the test of time <laughs> not to the become test of texts. Mi- not the test of mime. No. Oh, God. Nailed it. Do you like mime? No, absolutely. No one does. I can't believe there's a festival for it. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, there's festivals for everything. Yeah, that's true, actually, fairness. But what about in wrestling? Where that I want what the hardest I've ever laughed at a wrestling show was like Grado, Madman Manson, uh, and I think the London Riots, and they all stopped mid match and had a kind of mime tug of war. Okay, yeah, and yeah, it yeah. was fantastic. Here is the difference there. That is one spot mm. on a whole wrestling show where that was the only time that they had done it. If you go into a mime festival. Imagine that that is every match. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like if you watched, you know, if you watch an Orange Cassidy match, and you're like, "Oh my god, that's really, really funny," and then the very next thing you do is watch another Orange Cassidy match where he does all the same spots. It's it's sort of still funny, but it's kind of less funny because you know I've literally yeah. seen this. And then if you watch another Orange Cassidy match where he does that directly afterwards, you are going to be like, I've, "I've seen this now." And I'd imagine that is what a mime festival would be like. It's a bit like when I went to the darts. Because mm. darts matches aren't very long. And, you know, you see, they throw the darts, they say the numbers, and then one of them wins, and you're like, cool. And then you watch some people get some numbers, the numbers get said out loud, and then someone wins. And then you watch, like, ten of those <laughs> in the space of five hours, and you're like, I mean... I've seen this. And the the mad thing was as well, when you go to the darts, is that you have like the prelim matches and the main event like you would a wrestling show. But it's all the same thing. Mm. Like you're not watching prelim wrestling where it's like a different style going into the main event that's full of main eventers. All you're doing is watching 
lads do the exact same thing over and over again. But they do have to get different bits of the board. Yeah, but it's not as different. Where there's does only, this stop? But there's only 20 numbers available. Ah, but within those numbers, are doubles there's and triples. doubles, so, triples, so bits in the middle. So there are 60 numbers available, 62 numbers available. Yeah, but then you work out like the amount of possibilities down that, and it's, it becomes infinite very quickly. All I'm saying is there's a reason why the darts feels like it has to employ women in bikinis to serve drinks, because I feel like that's what they have to do to get people to be interested to go. That's not the reason. It's because the darts is a safe place for men to regress. <laughs> Just go to Butlins in Weymouth and have a time. Exactly. I did like going to Butlins, in fairness. Mm. Uh, let's get into the show itself. Uh, we're talking about AEW. Danhausen is all elite. Here is the show. AEW is A-E-W-Hausen. Did I do that right? Yes, you could have also said very nice, very evil. Mm-hmm. Very nice, very evil Hausen. No, 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 like... Dan A-E-W. <laughs> Dan Break. So you had a very good Very line. Beach. You had a very good line about this in your review, which is that it's almost like Thanos being revealed at the end of The Avengers. Half the audience being like, <gasps> and the other half being like, I can't wait for that person to tell me who this is. Dan Housen is someone who I've seen around a lot and I'm very aware of all the stuff. Just don't fully understand what's happening. <laughs> but I, I, I'm excited for it. I'm Ollie Davis. I'm joined by Luke Owen, D.A.D. Welcome to this very blue-looking edition. Is, it, well, is, it, is that bluer than usual? No, no, not at all. Cool. <laughs> is that a Dan Housen thing? <laughs> bit of blue, bit of blue foot, lads. Very blue, very, very evil. <laughs> very blue, very like, uncolor corrected. This is the AEW Beachenhausen Very Break special <sighs> review episode, which is brought to you by Wine52. It's massive, look at it! I think some people are pointing out, because it's on auto, I think that the color is corrected because of the massive yellow that's in the... <gasps> Do you think? Well, that's what someone has suggested, because it does look very blue now that you've said it. <laughs> But tell us about Wine 52. Wine 52. Hey, we've been sponsored by Should Beer 52 a, a lot. We've Can been we sponsored by Beer... <laughs> Did that actually change it? We have been sponsored by Beer 52 a lot in the past, and we absolutely love them. And now they bring you Wine 52. Get yourself a free case of wine. You get three bottles for free. All you got to do is pay for that wonderful postage and packaging. Click the link in the video description down below to get a hold of this. An excellent, wonderful service. You get snacks, you get a magazine, and three Awesome, awesome wines. You could choose from red, you could choose from white, or get yourself a little mixed bag. You might be able to get in time for the rumble, or get yourself and your partner a very fancy Valentine's gift, because it is coming up soon. It'll creep up on you. Um, so if you also have like a live streaming setup, I think you can also use it as a color correction device. <laughs> look, we look fine now, the red. Yeah, but then if you switch around to yellow. <laughs> so enjoy this audio podcast, listeners. Now it's yellow. Hmm. hmm. Is it getting blue? Hmm. It's subtle. <laughs> I think. I think it's getting 
blue. <laughs> this is gr great content. I'm sure this is exactly what Wine52 wanted from our sponsorship deal as well. Please do click the link in the video description down below because it supports us, it supports Wine52, and it is an excellent, excellent service. And you know who is an excellent, excellent surprise for an episode for a wrestling show? That doesn't, that's not even a segue. Of course it is. Where's the segue there? Well, the segue is... The surprise is in the box. No, 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 my surprise was, it's an excellent service, and this was an excellent surprise. Okay. Because... That is a freaking Charlie Caruso grade <laughs> segue. <laughs> I learned from the best. <laughs> because I think most people went into this show, me included, thinking, I know who's debuting tonight. It's old Johnny Wrestling. It's Johnny Gargano. And it wasn't just me. It wasn't just a lot of the chats that we had last week. It wasn't just a lot of the chats that we've had on the Talk podcast for the last few weeks. It was 98% of the people who were in the building that mm -hmm. night. In fact, leading to Johnny Wrestling chants from the crowd because I thought this will be the moment that Johnny Wrestling, Johnny Gargano, who has left NXT, left WWE, will debut. And it wasn't. It's his hometown. It was Cleveland, Ohio. Exactly, yeah. But it wasn't Gargano. Instead, it was Danhausen. And I would argue that made it better. Mm. Because I was sp spending so much time thinking Gargano was going to appear, and I was thinking, like, well, Gargano will be at the end of the show. Danhausen was a legit surprise. I literally, like, floor yeah. uh, uh, jaw gate being like, huh? Huh? So my wife was in the room. She brought the kid down at seven. So she came down about an hour into the show. And she brought the kid down, and I was like, oh my god, Danhausen! <laughs> and she was like, who's Danhausen? I was like, I, I mean, it's very hard to explain, yeah, yeah. but yeah, yeah. But, but Danhausen, he, and I said, oh my god, he's very nice, very evil. And she thought that was the funniest thing. <laughs> but yeah, it was a great surprise. This episode of AW made me yelp out loud more than usual. Like, that was one moment. Uh, the whole ladder match oh, man, just made me go crazy. I think there was something in the punk segment as well. Uh, but yeah, here, Adam Cole, like three, four minutes into the lights out match with Orange Cassidy, the feud ender, reaches under the ring, grabs a chair, but the chair's a bit stuck, and he yanks it out, and it's because Danhausen is on the other end of it. He only just shattered his leg into a gazillion pieces three, four months ago, and he curses Adam Cole, and then he walks off. And that's, that's all we saw of him. So do you think... Danhausen is AEW Verryhausen, or is this more like remember Homicide? No, well, they did put up the graphic that he is all elite. They released that right. on Twitter, so he is officially signed by the company now. Because... Did they do that for Homicide? No. Yeah. No. Or Nick Gage. They did it for anyone. Leo Rush. He was gone. Well, he, Nick, well, he, well, he was under contract with them. Yeah. It's just that he was on a very short-term contract. It was only like five months long or something. Mm. I know a lot of people thought that was weird, but I think it happens a lot in in sports. Um, just not really in wrestling. But no, this was this is an official signing. He is all elite. They put the graphic up afterwards. He was under contract with Ring of Honor, but then in December, Ring of Honor released all of, I think it was November actually, released all mm. of their talent because they're going on hiatus until April. So that freed up a lot of people. That's why we now have Brody King. Brody King actually put up a tweet being like, oh my God, did he follow me here? <laughs> um, and like all of the AEW, like, uh, AEW wrestlers are so excited that Danhausen is here. Like Evil Uno tweeted, like I am co-workers with uh, Danhausen. Aubrey Edwards was tweeting that she was really excited about it. The only people upset by this are the Gun Club, mm. because Danhausen has been feuding with them on Twitter, <laughs> calling them the Ass Boys. Yes, and I imagine that's what he'll do first, right? Is just feud with the Ass Boys on Dark. Yeah, yeah. So do you? Uh, I don't really see Danhausen 
as a character. Granted, I haven't seen a great deal of his work, but he is undeniably a sensation on social media. Yep. I, I don't see him fitting in anywhere on Dynamite, barely even Rampage. No, I, I, I remember Sean said this on an episode recently. Someone asked, like, do you think um, AEW would pick up Dan House? And they said, if they do, he'd be perfect for Dark. Hmm. Like, he is perfect for Dark and Dark Elevation and BTE. Like, because he... Oh, God, yeah. Like, yeah, he's yeah. so funny and he's very quick-witted and he is just, like, he is in this character. It's uh, Conan O'Brien's favorite wrestler. <laughs> and He was on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. He, and he is really, really funny as well. I've been trying to get him on Quizzlemania for the last year and a half because mm. I think he'd be so entertaining on it. Uh, Adam has been against it. Um, but I've been trying to get him on because I think he'd be really, really great value on it. So I... I can see him being in that side of things. Maybe like some promo segments in AW on, on Dynamite and on Rampage. Maybe he could like fill in for Mark Henry one week in the sort of the main, it's time for the main event housing. Um, something along those lines. But as a featured wrestler every week, I um, I don't know yet. It's difficult, isn't it? Because if you asked me two, three years ago, hey, this Orange Cassidy fellow, you think he's going to break out? I'd have been like, I'd have put my best Jim Car Cornette hat on. Be like, no, no, you, you don't seen... know anything about wrestling. <laughs> that is a limited comedy gimmick that will never get over a once every three months spot. Yeah, it's one of the best things on the show, and it is an undeniable success. So, everything in wrestling, which I love about it, is mostly susceptible to what works and what gets over, and that could very well happen. Uh, yeah, I can't. I can't see it working on the main roster, how it's set up currently. Um, but it is a main roster that has a literal dinosaur, Orange Cassidy on already. Yeah, I, I think you're on the money there. I could see Tony giving it a chance mm -hmm. and seeing if it gets over. Yeah, and because well, why not? It's gone over not? everywhere else. Well, exactly. Yeah. Also, you're paying him the money for it. You're paying him lots of monies. Um, you may as very well very money. You very money. You may as well give this a go. And if it doesn't work, then that's fine. At least you tried. But it, yeah, I, I think it is something that this will be the biggest exposure Dan Housen has had because Dan Housen is very popular on the independent scene. He is a he is a Twitter wrestler. He is someone who mm -hmm. has gotten himself over through Twitter presence in the same way that Warhorse did as well. He found his following through uh, social media, right? And I think he appeals to this. Like, I think he's very, very funny. And I've enjoyed- Very funny. Very funny. And I've enjoyed the matches that I have seen him do as well. I've not been like, I haven't seen a Danhausen match that I was like, oh my God, that's the best match I've ever seen. But I have enjoyed Danhausen matches. It'll be so interesting to see how much of that translates into an AEW audience. Mm. So this, a like, he came out to a massive pop. I push back on the wording. There was a loud pop, but I don't think it was over 50% of the audience. I disagree. I thought this was a really massive... I thought this was a huge pop that he got when he was revealed. Mostly because I don't think anyone saw it coming. I don't think a lot of people knew who he was. Which is interesting. Well, that was actually going to be going to be my point, really, was that I was going to say, like, he, for, for, he came, for me, he came out to this huge pop. How much of that pop, though, is people that have seen him on Twitter but actually haven't seen him have a match? So, Oh, I think, the, the, yeah, but anyone who cheered for him, I doubt they've actually ever seen him wrestle. Yeah, so, like, you know, if there's a small percentage mm. of that pop has actually knows a lot more about Danhausen outside of they know the name and know the face, whether or not those people will be like, oh, man, I can't wait to see him have a match, then see a match and be like, eh, 
Well, you know, I I think the the main issue is the sixty percent sixty percent of people who likely stayed quiet because they didn't know what was happening. I'm like, oh, cool. What I'm right. I'd be curious if anyone's if anyone was at the show. Please do like put a message in. You don't have to ultra chat. We're just curious to know what the actual pop was in the building. I will speak. A mod mother, if you are there, can we put up a poll? Did Dan Housen get a huge pop? <laughs> yes or no? Well, I'm so in tune with the audience these last two weeks. <laughs> I don't know why we're even bothering. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Uh, we'll talk about the whole thing, um, the whole match later on, because we've already gone over. Let's see what you guys think in the Ultra Omega chat. Sadie Deganhausen says, Hello, beautiful boys. What a glorious day it is. My heart has grown three sizes last night. AEW is officially very nice, very evil. Mr. Danhausen has blessed us all, and all is good in the world. Some... Is that like a... It's... It's a series of punctuation marks. Looks like a little chicken. Yeah, like a penguin with its arms up. Like, yeah, yes. a little penguin. That's a good shout. Hashtag to the ass ranch. <laughs> Hashtag happy Sarahhausen. Hashtag love you both. Oh, thank you, Sadie. Thank you so much. Yeah, Sadie Deaconhausen has had that name for quite some <laughs> time as well. So I, I did think 
one Dan Housen debut, I was like, I think, I think Sadie Deegan Housen will be very happy with this. She's a Mark and Housen. <laughs> Some stupid punk. I was on Twitter and I tagged just about every single official AEW account, including Brandy and Tony Khan, asking why they haven't brought on Dan Housen. So good. So evil. People told me it wouldn't work. I'm not saying I got Dan Housen signed, <laughs> but five out of five Housen. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people... When we did the Ring of Honor show, so when Ring of Honor made their announcement that they were going on hiatus, uh, I did a show with uh, Denise for the Team of the Nuke show, and Dan Housen was the first name that came up. Mm. Of like, like Dan Housen is going to be the one who's going to be the, probably the most fine because he'll always get booked somewhere. And there was a massive push from people in the chat, people in the ultra chats, and from me being like, I think he'll go to AD, AEW. I think, I think Tony would be a fool not to do it. Wow, see, like, I, yeah, I'm happy for the guy. Um, but when I look at the landscape right now of free agents, Dan Housen's not in my top third. I, You know, I look at all the other release names and well, I, I want to keep spaces open for them. That Well, that's giving me my question, wasn't it? Because, like, it's their 90 days still aren't up. So, swerve. well, they will be in but February. In like, in like a few days, really. Yeah. So, but yeah, people like Swerve, Keith Lee, um, Ember Moon, and, and this and the other. But you're right, like, you've taken up one of those slots now with Dan Housen. Suppose what, what, what states Dan Housen's going to have. Because if you could bring mm. on like a Swerve and Ember Moon and Keith Lee, they might be featured more and more on TV each week, whereas Dan Housen is kept for something else. Uh, Jacob Smith also uh, is claiming that he got Dan Housen signed. <laughs> yeah. Can I be cursed if I manifest trios titles this week? Dan Housen's omnipresence has made him feel like a must-sign talent for AEW and is over. Little moments like this will make tuning in each week a must. Love that Dan Housen and love that wrestle dog. Thank you so much. And Peter Mullins, why Dan Housen in AEW works? No no swearing, Mark. <laughs> is that a good impression? That's actually pretty good, yeah. Brick, can I buy teeth? <laughs> uh, boys program ruining their, oh, ass boys program ruining their lives. Dan Housen tries to join every faction, every situation works. Commanding the Dark Order. Oh, yeah, here we go. Clock it in, quarter past three. Yep, Dan Housen should be the new leader of the Dark Order. We I, can move past that one now. Hold on, I think in Peter Mullen's defense, Dan Housen thinking he is the leader of the Dark okay, Order would actually good. be really funny. He could be Sting's second son. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people were like, I cannot wait for the and like that first Sting mm. Danhausen stare off. Annoying Dan Lambert. He could be the jester to the kings of the dark throne, the demon of the uh, Hardy family office. He could try and join the Nightmare Collective, even though it's defunct and gently, gently let down by Brandy. Every situation works. And in between, stick him on dark commentary. Commentary is such a good place for him. <clears throat> Uh, WH Danhausen is a great signing. I didn't think AEW needed any more male signings except Keith Lee, but I think he can function very well in an R Truth role. He doesn't need to wrestle much, but he can be great comedic relief. That's a good point. Can he even wrestle? Like, surely he's not fully healed from that leg injury. Yeah, because it was a hell of an injury. Mm. Uh, and the bad one, Jam Beard, for now, says, I would love it if Danhausen would do rampage commentary while he is healing up, pairing him with. Taz and Excalibur would be fantastic. Oh my God. Taz getting wound up. <laughs> Taz getting wound up by Dan Housen commentary would be so mm -hmm. funny. Um, have we got an answer on the poll? Um, Where's it coming in at? Uh, did Dan Housen get a huge pop? 17% say no. 83% uh, say yes. Yeah, okay. Well, who, who was there live? <laughs> I mean... So Joshua said, Ollie, just watch the show, FFS. The great thing about questions is you can keep asking different conditions until you find the answer you want. 
I need someone on the ground. <laughs> um, and if, if they don't give me the answer I want, I will just say, well, you obviously weren't listening properly. <laughs> swept up in the moment. <laughs> Wine 52. It's very alcohol, very nice. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Find52.com forward slash rest talk. Please do click the link in the video description down below because we are sponsored by wine. Get yourself a box of wine for free. All you got to do is pay for that wonderful postage and packaging. It's about $5.95 and you'll get three three bottles of wine sent to your front door. You can get red, you can get white, you can get a mix. The choice is yours. It's an excellent service. We have very much enjoyed being mm. sponsored by Wine52 because you and I are both... We're both wine lovers. Love wine. Mm -hmm. Literally having a... Ch we try and have a cheese and wine night every other week, me and my lady partner, watching the business <laughs> of Apprentice and Dragon's Den. I, I very much enjoy when it comes to Christmas because I get to go to your local wine vendor mm. and be like, mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, you sent me the wine. Which, uh, which yeah. wines am I going to get, Ollie, this year? Which ones do I think you'll like this year? Well, that's why I like this so much is because usually wine places can, can be quite stuffy, I think. Um, but independent wine shops sort of in the same way as independent wrestling mm -hmm. they look a bit more punk like look at this freaking label it's cool right it's a guy on a flying pig it doesn't scream traditional wine to me it's a hungarian wine and yeah it's just like a cooler way to make wine mm -hmm. do you want to get some of the other bottles out so we can have a look at those this will be the last uh, show we can do with um sponsor cam there is my name there, another white, and the red, which Luke has already bagged. I have. Is this one? Mm -mm -mm. Lovely stuff. I cannot wait. So I'm going to be drinking this bottle <coughs> of red, in fact, on the Royal Rumble live reactions Jesus. that we do. When we get, well, I don't think I'm going to drink the whole <laughs> thing because, you know, I've got to do the review the following day. But I am going to be testing this out when we do the live reactions for the Royal Rumble. Build up my courage to see if I can I can beat Pete officially this time. I get Dan Housen lips if I have too much red wine. <laughs> oh, I get like I take one sip of red wine. Yeah. My whole my all my lips are, are blue. So the key to that, what I do is I take a sip and a little wipe uh, afterwards as well, and you wipe off that residue because otherwise you do get red wine lip or a straw. Well, I mean, you want to try and be classy. We are drinking wine here, so uh -huh. I, I don't think having uh -huh. it through a straw is the classiest of, of affairs. <laughs> Right, so uh, keep getting your chats in. We'll read them all out at the end of the show. We've got a bunch in already, so we'll try and get through this packed episode as quickly as we can. The show started. Well, I mean, I'm going to uh, just stop you on mm. this because I've, I've got a question that I want to ask you um, when we come to review this show. Why do you hate AEW? <laughs> why, why do you just hate this show so much and it's... you love Raw so much? Well, Raw's just objectively, it flies by. <laughs> Look, I must admit, I think in the last two months, I have not enjoyed... AEW as completely as I have done practically every episode since the start of 2020. So when Tony Khan fully took over, uh, you know, those initial first few months were a bit rough looking back. But oh, it was yeah, exciting. That, that, that 2019 mm. Dynamite run actually it really was. Yeah, it, it wasn't the best telling. No. 
Um, but since January 2020, I think it's been just sublime overall. Uh, but a few things happened. Kenny dropped the belt, and I'm just not as into Hangman as a champion as I thought I would be. So that's a thing. Um, it's just a difference of opinion I have from most people. And I haven't been won over still, despite how great the Danielson stuff was. I think it was just mainly in ring. And like the feud itself, I didn't actually get into. And this Lance Archer stuff isn't working for me. And elsewhere on the show, I've, I've, that's kind of exposed other bits, which are, they are pretty directionless for most of their major titles. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a bit annoyed now that there isn't a proper tag team feud, like that the Lucha Bros never got a proper series of matches, that FTR are well, just- Well, they, they did. They got a series of matches against FTR. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, not saying that was yeah. good because I think that that feud should have been better. I think there were things working against them in that feud, mm -hmm. but there was also so much left on the table for them to do other <clears> things <throat> yeah. that they, I don't think they fully utilized. And I think you can say the same for Jurassic Express. They haven't had, they haven't gone into a tag feud yet. They've just been fighting random teams mm -hmm. in the, uh, but you know, I think we are building to that point. Well, I would hope so. Um, in this building phase though, my patience is being tested slightly. And I think you've got so many tag teams there that are fantastic. And it's frustrating that you don't have something immediately set up for this to go to. Uh, same with the women's title. I think that we've set our piece on that. Mm. It's, it was maddening that Britt Baker came out, had a whole promo here and didn't set up anything. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll probably. get to that. Um, the TNT title, the whole interim thing, I think didn't work. It's like another short reign for Cody, belts back on Sammy. I don't think Sammy had a great reign. So yeah, like, but I'm, like, don't don't get me wrong. This sounds like I'm being very negative. It is still the highlight of my week. I love getting up every Thursday to watch this. I go to bed excited on Wednesday nights, knowing that I watch it in the morning. Tell that to your reviews. It's far better. I think it's far more enjoyable than WWE by a, a magnitude of of so much. However, recently, I don't think it's been on fire. I am still giving it four out of five. <laughs> Lest we forget. I know, but the, key, the thing is here, what is happening, this is Kong Skull Island all over again. Uh -huh. You and I use this as the example a lot. And if you are new to this show or you haven't listened to Ollie and I's uh, careers for, for the many years that we've been doing this, Ollie and I reviewed Kong Skull Island for a podcast once, and it was my favorite film of the year. And I watched it and I was like, that is an incredible movie. That is a five out of five movie. I loved every single thing about it. And you and I then did a podcast review where for you, it was a four out of five movie, but you absolutely loved it. It just, you didn't love it as much as I did. Yeah. But the way, because I loved it so much, it sounded like you hated it and you just didn't like anything about the film at all. I don't know how much, um, I mean, yeah, did you, do you sort of agree with I, no, the I, stuff I, I'm I saying? I totally get what you're saying. Hmm. And I think the reason why, because I was just going through the comments on today's video and like when we load up, you know, this stream, people watch your review and then come on to here. Mm. And, Every single week it's like, oh my God, what is it going to take for Ollie to give this show a five out of five? Because everyone is so madly into everything that Dynamite yeah. is doing. Spoilers, the poll, 60% thought this was a five <laughs> out of five show. Like that is overwhelming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In terms massively. of the, the love for it. And so I think because everyone is so madly in love with the show, because I do think it is the best weekly wrestling mm, show, mm. when you give it a four out of five and praise it and then say, however, these things aren't great, what people hear is that you just hate this show. And, yeah, and you are, and you're on, you're only giving it four out of five. 
<laughs> yeah, well, no, I, I, I agree with that. I, I think um, I think there's probably a, you know, because I've loved AEW, been very vocal about it. I still am. Um, I'm just, if anything, it's I'm I'm judging it on the same level I would judge last year's run of AEW shows. Yeah, if they're on a very high streak yeah. from, going on from last year. And I do, and I, do you know what? I thought this was an excellent episode of the show. I, I very thought, fun. Thought the opening match was awesome. I thought the main event was awesome. There were bits in between that I really liked. I, I actually really loved the MJF Mox thing. I know it's uh, sort of the MJF Punk. Thing. Oh, I loved it. Yeah. So I've seen some people who weren't massively into mm. it, but I thought it was a really, really great segment. But there was a lull in that second hour before we got to that main event. There has been a lot recently. Mm. Um, I think Punk, Punk MJF is one of the best feuds they've ever done. I, I, I could like one of the best steadily built feuds in wrestling recently. Mm. I, I think it's incredible. But yeah, well, get, hey, let's do a long form breakdown of all this and I'll tell you all the bits you loved and why I didn't like them. I liked pretty much everything. Uh, we started with the undisputed TNT title ladder match, Sammy Guevara versus Cody Rhodes. They killed each other. Oh my God. Didn't they just? So this opened the show. Both of them were just already in the ring to get their ring introductions. So we were just coming straight into the action. Very smart. Have you noticed that the credits are much shorter now for Dynamite? No, I didn't. I think that is because they're getting such a good lead in from the Big ah. Bang Theory <laughs> that we're just like, get the credits done and out of the way. Let's just kick straight into a wrestling match so we can try and hook those people that are still, that you know, went to go make a cup of tea, come back and haven't changed the channel yet. Because they are getting, like, I think last week's segment, opening segment, had 1.7 million viewers. Because what? That's, 1.7? Yeah, that's all from Holy the that's hell. All, It's all from the lead-in for Big Bang Theory. Big Bang Theory is massively viewed on TBS. Mm. And then, a good 700,000 of those, stop watching. So the idea, I think, is just like, well, let's try and keep oh, yeah. a portion of those extra 700,000 viewers and get them watching the show. Smart way. And this is a great... You start it off with a ladder match, and it's for two titles hanging above the mm. ring. There's some intrigue in there. And yeah, these two... Christmas Day. They just went out there to destroy each other. And some of the spots in this were insane. Mostly punishing on Sammy's behalf, I would say. Yeah. But I, you know, Cody was right there with him. This a, a delayed stand like superplex off the ladder, but it was sort of off the third from the top rung. So Cody is a good three feet, I think, above where the top turnbuckle would be for a usual superplex. This is a super superplex. Yeah, this was nuts. I thought that was going to be the biggest thing of the of the match, honestly. Well, we'll get into the maybe overdone side of things. Because <laughs> Ollie hated this match. <laughs> uh, Sammy had a cutter on the outside, looked like it sucked. I think the most impressive thing for me, I just cannot wrap my head around how they pulled this off from a timing perspective. Cody's on the big ladder. There's a little ladder in between that ladder and the turnbuckle. Sammy leapfrogs off the ropes, I think, springboards off the ladder, hits a cutter on Cody. Incredible. Picture perfect. Oh. Like, that is the only way you can describe this. And it was flawless. Mm. Every single thing about this went right. And it is the highlight package. Oh, yeah. Like, this will be... This will be in the intro for Dynamite from now on. Like, you know, that the, the slow motion, it looks beautiful. Sammy is perfect. Cody takes it like an absolute champ. He's already leaping off. So you grab him and you bring him down. And he took that 
full force. Didn't bring his knees up, just went for a flat bump. It's nuts. The referees were so perfectly placed. Like I came into the office today and Andy was like, did you enjoy the cutter? And I was like, yeah, he goes, did you like the referees holding the lad? And I was like, yes, yes, good. I that. I'm so much better. And also I didn't see the referees because they were hiding so well. <laughs> we were watching it. So Dan Layton was in to record mm. Cineworld, who's in the Jamble this weekend. I was like, oh my God, have you seen the cutter? And he's like, no. And I showed it to him and he was just, his jaw dropped mm. when he saw it. And then he noticed the referees and he was like, oh my God, the referees are so beautifully placed. Yeah. What wonderful camera trickery that you don't see them. Yeah. It was just incredible. I've watched that gif, no, no kidding, and that clip about 10,000 mm. times today. And I cannot stop watching it. Uh, the final spot, the Swanton Bomb, sort of the falling Swanton Bomb off a very tall ladder on the outside onto Cody on a ladder bridge did not go as perfectly because the ladder didn't break and Sammy just bounced off Cody. That made it look even worse. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, like it, oof, that was a, that was a rough old landing for both men. And then Sammy ran up the, like the ladder. Cody went up there too, hit him with the title. Sammy gets both belts. Sammy is the undisputed TNT champion. I am, I'm shocked. Mm. I really was. I went to this completely expecting Cody to win. I think the thing I said on last week's show, Cody is 100% winning this belt. Um, because, of, you know, Sammy was interim champion. In fact, he was only interim champion because Cody um, had won the belt yeah. uh, previously. And, and then he couldn't be, he wasn't around to defend it. I was really surprised by this. Glad for Sammy. But it is, and as this is the question that you had, what was the point of the Cody reign? Yeah, apart from to, you know, was, was Sammy going to win it back at Battle of the Belts? That is, uh, so I, yeah, if I was to put my speculation mm -hmm. hat on, if, if I may. Cody won the belt because it was a Christmas episode or New Year's episode or whatever it was, right? It was a holiday episode. Yeah. And so because it was a holiday episode, you had to do a title switch. And the title switch they chose to do was the TNT belts, right? Mm. Because they just, you know, it's that, well, we got to do this because you got to do something for the Christmas episode. Do the title switch. And then, yeah, I think they were probably going to do Sammy wins it back on the Battle of the Belt show. Yeah, I just don't think that's a good idea. I think it's a terrible idea. Yeah. I think it's a terrible way to book your wrestling, to, to book it around a moment like that just for the sake of doing it. Because you were telling mm. a really good story with Sammy that he was beating first time contenders to the belts. Uh, and other than that, I guess that belies the larger issue. I love this match. I think it's a spectacular match. But I th there was a bit of me that was like, they're just spots. I couldn't tell you what, I think they were trying to tell a story of Sammy's leg getting worked over and that would delay him going up the ladder. I wouldn't know that though, because Sammy ran up that ladder every chance he got. There was also a bit when Fuego del Sol came out and tried to stop Cody from beating up Sammy Moore, but that didn't work either because Sammy wasn't selling enough to make Fuego come down and try, like, oh, Cody, you've gone too far. So, so I didn't understand that. I think he was doing it because he was going to, like, because he injured the leg or whatever it was, injured. Um, he was then going to slam it into the ladder, and that's what Fuego came down to stop because it was like, Cody, you're going too far. Mm. I, you should be doing that. And then Cody got into the ring. I don't know why Fuego went after him because then, like, he, took him, already out, done. he yeah. took him out with a tiger drive, and I was like, you know, as he should, justifiably yeah. so, because Fuego is interfering in this <clears throat> match. So it's a bit Cody. <laughs> Stuff is going to happen. Distraction. ah! Distractions. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought like some of those, that cutter, Sammy was up 20 seconds later, not selling anything. Granted, the move wasn't on him, but the superplex sure was. He was up pretty soon after that. And he never 
after that, he never sold any body parts. And, you know, looking at how he t took the botch bit and he was straight back up, maybe that is him in real life. But this was the problem I had in his MJF match as well, which I still think is Sammy's best match. Love that match. But just, just sell throughout the match as opposed to immediately afterwards. All right, Jim. <laughs> um, I mean, look, the WrestleMania X7 <clears throat> TLC match isn't a whole like that is that is just spectacular spot after spectacular spot yeah, after spectacular but there's spots. like nine people but that's what i'm saying like the the, the the hiding behind that is there is nine people so you can have two people go and do a spot they're taken out for a bit and two people go and do another spot uh but i don't think there is ever any no one ever looks at that match and be like well they're not mm. selling anything over there there's just it's just spot after spot after spot but i think it is such a spectacle that it, you can't i i'm for me i loved it yeah. Like, and, and I love the spectacle of it. And I'm not watching this being like, oh God, why is he not selling this? Why is he not selling this? Why is he not selling this? Because I'm just like, just blown away by everything mm. that they are doing. So it totally worked for me. But I do understand the criticism against them for not selling any of the moves because otherwise, why do the spectacle if it means nothing? Yeah. Uh, after that, we got, uh, oh yeah, do you think Sammy, Sammy Wardlow, I guess? Well, that, that was my prediction. That Ward Which means Sammy's just going to drop the bell again, I guess. Was Wardlow is going to win the Face of the Revolution ladder match. He's going to beat Sammy with <laughs> the TNT title and then have to hand it to MJF. We'll rush through these because we're very over right now. We've got a lot of chats. Um, Team Taz called out Dante Martin and Jay Lethal in the snow. <laughs> Beach break. Americans. Uh, Wardlow beat Elijah Dean and James Alexander in a handicap match. He... Huge reaction from Cleveland, which is Wardlow's hometown. Got to beat two guys. Yeah, absolutely. I thought some people thought they were going to do the Wardlow turn here. I think it's too soon to be doing it. Mm -hmm. And I just, I could watch Wardlow. I could watch his <laughs> acting every week being oh, conflicted. It's, it's so good. Uh, Sean Spears listened to Wardlow. Sure, he wanted to go down and beat him with a chair. But Wardlow was like, no. And Sean's like, okay, mate. Yeah. Nice bit of development there. Jericho tagged with Santana and Ortiz to take on 2.0 and Daniel Garcia. The story here was that Santana and Ortiz did not tag in Jericho at all because they're annoyed with him. And Jericho realized pretty late <laughs> that's what was happening. You're like, guys? For, for like eight minutes, guys, I'm here. And then he got annoyed. But he sort of Judas affected one of 2.0 from the outside and Santana and Ortiz got the win. Do you know what I thought the story of this match was? Santana and Ortiz refused to tag in Chris Jericho, but Jericho had to win the match for them because they're rubbish. <laughs> that is that's that, the story. That is essentially what the story was because... You still need me. You still need me, mm. which is such a good way to put over Jericho. Not a great way to be putting over <laughs> Santana and Ortiz. Santana and Ortiz are coming across as passive-aggressive towards yeah. Jericho, which... Is, is not how I would present them. He, he is Chris Rhodes at the moment, where like he is the heel in this storyline, but does not realize it. <laughs> and it's just like, well, I should still be booked to the baby face, right? I, I'm <clears throat> right, so I think we need to show, we should be showing everyone how I'm right in this <laughs> food. Uh, I think, you know, I've been thinking a lot about this in a, the, the Jericho thing turning, because you have been done with him for a while. A lot of people have been emailing in saying, oh my God, Jericho's so cringe. I'm I'm actually a Jericho defender. But do you think it's because he's not a heel anymore? And Jericho as a babyface these days just doesn't work for longer than one feud. I agree, it? yeah. And I think that people have realized that Santana and Ortiz didn't get to feud with... The, and I, I do think that a lot of people... And I, 
yeah, agree with this in some respect. Santana and Ortiz didn't get to feud with the Lucha Bros because they had to do all of the Jericho stuff. Yeah. And they are just sort of like getting sucked into like, they they kind of start to do something and then Jericho gets into a feud that requires them. So they're taken out of that storyline and put back into a Jericho storyline. And I think that's why people are starting to turn on Jericho a little bit and get sick of him. I think Jericho is a guy that really needs to be a Brock Lesnar in WWE. And by that, I mean, you do something for three months and then you go away mm -hmm. for nine. Mm -hmm. Or like you are just there for a little bit. You are a part-timer as opposed to a weekly performer. He's arguably so important to ratings, though. But it'd be a, it'd be a dicey know, thing to I do. I don't know if he is. Mm. I think the company is... I, someone sent us an email in, which we read out on the podcast a few weeks ago. Uh, it's actually this week, in fact, that really nailed it for me. When he signed with AEW, he was the big fish in a small pond, but the pond has now outgrown him. Mm. The pond is now massive, but he is still the same size. So he is not... He doesn't feel as big as... I don't know, twin, like 15 other people above him? Hmm. Yeah, probably some time away or a really hardcore heel turn. Something to freshen it up. Uh, Lance, Archer and Hangman Page didn't get a proper segment on this show. They just got a video package. But it did involve a fantastic spit take from Page where the interviewer off camera said, oh, you know, it's a Texas death match in two weeks, right? And Page is like, what? <laughs> oh, but I'll beat him. Yeah. Man, poor Paige. That's going to be a rough all going for old Hangman. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm not into this feud. No. Uh, Punk. This was one of my favorite things on the show. Uh, probably my favorite thing because I didn't have any, any nitpicks. <laughs> Punk comes out. He's in his ring gear. He's got MJF's scarf. He challenges MJF. He's like, look, I've gone through FTR. I've gone through Sean Spears' Wardlow. Is that everybody in the pinnacle? I think so. I've literally chased you up the concourse and back down again. And still, they have not properly touched. Like, the most they've touched is the scarf. Mm -hmm. Fantastically done. And then MJF comes out and he rags on Cleveland and he says, hey, when Punk walked out in 2014, he walked out on a date that was meant to be in Cleveland. Brilliant detail. And he's going to, but I'm not going to have the match here. He's, I'm going to have the match in Chicago next week. Which you're like, wow, why would you do that? That's Punk's home turf. But actually, you're like, whoa, if MJF beats Punk in Chicago, that I can see why MJF would want to do that. I think it's just as strong an idea as a heel tactic. And they went back and forth, some great promo work. Pinnacle ran down, beat up Punk. Wardlow looked conflicted, but still beat him up. And MJF sit cross-legged on Punk to end the segment. Do you know what, for me... This is only missing one thing, hmm. which is when he sat down on him, he would have said, do I have your attention now? I thought the exact same thing. I was, I was waiting for him to say it. And what he just said was like, John. <laughs> and so what he said was like, Chicago next week. I'll, yeah, I'll put you yeah, to sleep. Yeah. Do I, I have your attention yeah. now? Would yeah, have no. been amazing. It would have been, you know, still, and that is just me being like, four out of five. <laughs> for me, it's like, but either way, I thought it was an absolutely like perfect segment. Yeah, I thought MGF was great. I thought Punk was great. Punk being like, Punk coming out ready for a fight, I think is really good because yeah. he wants this match. If he'd have come out for a promo segment, it felt weird. But he wasn't. He was like, no, I want to fight you. And MJF wasn't. He's like, look, I'm not in my gear. We're going to do this next week in Chicago. He has some really good lines. He even made reference to the fact that he has sued people, mm. which is the, probably the closest we'll ever get to the Cabana stuff, right? Yeah. Because we did. We said, 
if they don't bring up the Cabana stuff in an MJFU, that means it's never being brought up by anyone. So I think that's the closest we'll ever get, I guess. Um, but I, I'm so looking forward. What a card next week, by the way. Holy hell. Got yeah, Punk, well. Punk and MJF and then Death Triangle versus the King of the Black Throne. Crimey. Showing. I know, right? Showing. You think... Surely Punk MJF's the main event there. Next week, 100%. Yeah, not the opener. Yeah. Um, I like Dyke Tots coming here. said a perfect four out of five segment. <laughs> this one, for me, was a five out of five segment. Loved it. Uh, oh, I've just put here, like, how do AEW put so many incredible matches on TV and still can have a pay-per-view? I think we've actually got a chat about this later on really so uh, let, let's <clears throat> let's pocket that park conversation it. we'll park, park that park it that's good we'll park that conversation we'll come back to that bowen's cut a promo on moxley for their match on rampage uh griff garrison and julia hart the varsity blondes being interviewed mark sterling is like julia have a match against jay cargill sign this waiver and griff was like no you shouldn't do it and julia hart was like f off mate <laughs> i'm evil now yeah i think jay cargill is gonna kill her quite quick mm -hmm. Um, oh, no depth perception. Well, as it was, I signed the waiver. Have you seen her on Being the Elite? And she bumps into everything. <laughs> That's great. Uh, I've written in my notes here, lol, Red Velvet and Layla Hirsch ranked number one and number two. Well, yeah, exactly. So this, they had a match next. It died. No one cared about it. It went on too long, probably. That's, and... I was going to disagree with you in your review where you said this didn't have enough time to develop a story. I think it actually... I One of the things I would say about this, because I thought this was a good match, mm -hmm. I think this is actually... A, I would go on as far to say not a really good match, because I feel like that is too much praise, but this was a good match. These two worked really hard. They didn't screw anything up. The problem is the crowd don't care. And because the crowd weren't into it, it felt longer than it actually was. Yeah. And... It is a feud that has sort of been on Dark and on Rampage and is now on Dynamite. And I just don't think it was really connecting. Like, I think they they really want to do something with Red Velvet. They really want to do stuff with Layla Hirsch. I think when you only do one women's segment a week, though, that means not everyone gets a chance to get on TV. This is like Layla Hirsch's, or like Red Velvet's first Dynamite match in however long it is, because you're only doing them one a week. And that's what happens. I just, I, you know, I like, I like, I really like Hirsch. Uh, Hirsch continued to beat up Velvet afterwards. Chris Statlander chased her off. So presumably Statlander versus Hirsch, that's what they're building to. But you've got dark and dark elevation for those people. Why isn't the focus on Shida, Riho, well, she Thunder does, Rosa? Well, Shida's off, and I think Riho's gone back as well. Thunder Rosa, Chris Statlander, Ruby Soho. Well, Myla Rose. Yeah, so Statlander is in the Britt Baker. Statlander is in her feud with Hirsch. Like that's what the the feud is, right? Yeah. You've got uh, uh, Ruby is now feuding with what? Well, she's Rose. got uh, feuding with Nyla Rose. Thunder Rosa is the big one for me. When they had the Britt Baker segment, I was like, mm. Thunder Rosa. Thunder Rosa comes out, waiting for Thunder Rosa to come out because like, that's the match, right? That's the match that we they were building to. I'd imagine that's the match we'll have a revolution because. I, I, not even a revolution. Maybe you said double or nothing. Oh my god! Well, only because like that would that would mark one year of Baker as champion. So yeah. like, and you know, but we are nearing the one year anniversary of the Lights Out match last year. Mm -hmm. So that feels like a really nice time then to bring back that Thunder Rosa feud. But I am at this point being like, when are we getting to the fireworks factory? Yeah. Uh, Mal I nearly called him Alistair then. Oh, well, okay, so Harry here has said Rosa's feuding with uh, Mercedes Martinez. Where? 
Like they was that on they, they started that with the rampage. No, they yeah in the the, the TBS tournament. Mm. That's how uh, she got of taken course, out. Yeah. But like, what has Dump been done with it since? Mm. Yeah, I've had a couple of promo segments, but that's it. Yeah. That was like that was in early December. We're now nearly in February, and we haven't got to step two of their feud. Mm -hmm. It's because they've only got one. All this, by the way, all the women's stuff. Because you had this, you had the Baker promo, you had Nyla Rose come out very quickly and say, oh, I want Ruby Soho. 15 minutes. Yeah. The same 15 minute. And, you know, I, it, it seems to me that they're grouping together these segments into the one quarter hour as, as a kind of mitigated loss thing. So you only have one bad quarter hour. And really, I would say, well, no, build up the women's division more. So all the segments do well. Tony is a stats man. Yeah. And surely you can look at the stats of seeing Jade Cargill has been a legit draw on Rampage. Great example. Yes. And be like, oh, brilliant. She is a draw. Mm -hmm. Let's put her out on TV and get that quarter hour up. As opposed to, nah, we'll just keep her in 90 second matches on, on Rampage. I mean, maybe yeah. that's where you do it, but you can do that on Dynamite as well. You can't, I mean, maybe I'm mad here, but. You can do more than one women's match on a show. You could do the TBS title on TBS. Yeah. <laughs> Malachi Black and Brody King cut a promo on Death Triangle. Cannot wait for that. I love them. What a promo as well. It's cool. I thought Malachi was great. And then right here, I was like, man, Brody King's no slouch either. Crikey, was so good. He scares me. <laughs> <laughs> just, just unsettles me. Sammy came out with Fuego and did a picture-in-picture picture bit. It was actually quite sweet. Did you see what he said? Ah, skip this bit. Yeah, it was just like, thank you so much, everybody. Couldn't have done this without you. It was actually very nice. Britt Baker came out uh, for an in-ring promo. There was a bunch of awards, PWI frame stuff around her in the ring. And the Inside the Ropes yeah. award that she won. Shout out to Kenny. And she just cut a promo, a good, you know, She's great. I would have said probably soak up the heat a bit more. She talked over the booze when she was getting the cheap heat stuff. I would have liked to have just get the soak in the booze. But then this went nowhere. There was no Jamie Hayler. There was no Thunder Rosa. There was no implied direction for this belt. And I'm like, and then she just left. When was the last proper story she had? Riho, which is only a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, but that never... Yeah, I guess that was pretty built up, but... That had, that didn't have weeks of builds, mm. in, in fairness to it. And also, I'm not saying it was great, but it did have weeks yeah, of builds across Dynamite and across Rampage yeah. to build up Battle of the Belts. It was, you know, that was like the big match for uh, Battle of the Belts. So, credit, you know, in fairness to that. Yeah. But I do agree with you. This whole segment here, and perhaps the chat can correct me, this was done because there is a Cleveland football player who has also got the name Baker. Hmm. And Britt Baker came out to do a promo about how that she is a better Baker than he is. That, for me, because she kept bringing it up, was the point of this segment, was to get some local town, your sports team sucks heat. Which I'm fine with. Well, I, I, see, I just want it to go somewhere. Here's my problem with that, though. A, the crowd still do DMD with her. Mm -hmm. Right, the crowd still do DMD, so she is still getting the babyface stuff after. Boo! Boo! You said my team is catch what D catchphrase. 
So that bit doesn't work. Also, next week they're in Chicago. That heat that you've got in Cleveland doesn't transfer across to Chicago because Chicago would be like, oh my God, she said the bad thing about the Cleveland player, boo her. So that raised the question, what was the point of this segment? Yeah. This furthered nothing. I get the feeling that Baker wanted a segment. Although she's been like almost asking, because she relished this. Mm. She relished being the chance to be able to go out and cut a promo. And she got the promo for like, I don't know, six, seven minutes or whatever it was. And she was great at it. And it was really, really good. But it built nothing. And it ended with nothing. And it led to nothing. And that, for me, is a complete waste of time. She even said at the start, didn't she? She said... I haven't been in this ring for a while. Yeah, okay, people are saying here, Cleveland and Pittsburgh are bitter enemies, but that builds nothing for other cities. Hmm. Well, I, do, I, don't, I don't mind the hometown stuff. I if, if, get a kick out of if, it. But if a babyface had come out... Well, that's it. Someone needs to come out and defend Cleveland. Yes. I, that's, it's, that's 101. Wrestling, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Otherwise, why? Uh, then Nyla Rose came out with Vicky Guerrero also and very quickly demanded a match against Ruby Soho. One other thing, if you're a, if you're not a football fan, why do you care? Yeah, and but th that's such a big thing in the States. It's I don't mind that. I don't know. I, 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 I have massive issues with this. Fun fact, though. Um, so, so my wife was in the room watching this with me. And I realized that I just do this um, I, I, uncontrollably, I guess. Mm -hmm. I also do the DMD thing at home. <laughs> And I, I do it when there's no one else in the room. Uh -huh. This is the first time that I did it with with someone in the room. My wife sort of caught me doing it, and I was like, oh. <laughs> "Yeah, I, I, mean, I, I did the." When she was like, what, "What was that?" And I was like, well, "You know, she does this. She, she, does does this she, she spells thing. out her name, and I do it as I, well. I, I, do, I do it on the show." <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I'm in, I'm in my mid thirties. The main event, which we've already kind of covered with the Danhausen spot, but we'll go more into it here, was Orange Cassidy versus Adam Cole in an unsanctioned lights-out match, which means it is not an official record win or loss. This is not a match that has been allowed by AEW, but it's still happening, in theory, after the show has stopped. Well, they, they turn the lights out. Turn the lights on and off. The branding was all... It doesn't matter. I'm being facetious. I like it. I like it. Um, they had 20 minutes, and they had a really great comedy, hardcore match. And I, so there's something about Cassidy and Cole that just works perfectly. I love them together. And all the spots in this match, the Danhausen cameo, the best friends, and the, you know, Cole's many boyfriends running down, that was great. They brawled backstage. It was, you know, really great stuff. I love the finish. Finish was great. They get to the top of the entrance tunnel. So not just the stage, but one bit higher. And Cassidy just hugs him. And using the power of friendship, he throws them both off through a crash mat stage thing. And it's like, they both kind of lost. They both kind of won. It was just the way... Cassidy fell on Cole. No, Cassidy did purposefully put himself on top of Cole. Okay, yeah. But it's it's that friendship ended the match. And yeah. that's what this whole feud has been thematically based around. I I loved it. I, I loved, loved, loved it. And I think it's something the best friends do better than anyone. Remember the arcade match and the street fight? The, car, the, parking, the parking lot, lot brawl? brawl. Yeah. They are great at this stuff. So just 
fantastic. Loved it. Absolutely loved this match. I'm such a huge fan of Cole. What I think is, is one of Cole's strengths, he, and I'm, I'm going to make a big comparison here, and so I know that some people would be like, oh my God, how can you make that comparison? Kurt Angle was so great at being the goofy comedy heel, but you still take seriously, right? I think Adam Cole is the exact same way. Oh my God, how can you make that comparison? <laughs> In the sense of, because Adam, everyone, he comes out of the ring and I was like, what a star. He is mm. an absolute mega star. He is beloved by everyone. My wife was very taken with Adam Cole. Those eyes. That's exactly what she said. She's like, oh my God, his eyes. I was like, I know, right? And Paul Hollywood's. And he, so everyone takes him as this big mega serious star. And I was like, he is going for Hangman. Like that is going to be one of the big title feuds they're going to do this year. So everyone takes him seriously as a main eventer. But he can still do comedy, goofy stuff mm. in this. And there was a moment during this match, right at the end, when his plan was to do a Panama sunrise. <laughs> going to bust my own knees. That's exactly it, right? <laughs> so Cassidy is on the stage. And Adam Cole's plan was to go up high, jump down, and then do a Canadian Destroyer. Makes no sense. It's why the Panama <laughs> sunrise is a dumb move, but I love it because it makes no sense. That was his plan. So he goes up to the stage and then he looks down at Orange Cassidy and Cassidy has moved and has gone around to chase him up there. Adam Cole then goes, where did he go? Yeah. And he's just looking down at the floor being like, shouting the referee, where did he go? With, like literally doing, which way did he go? Mm. And, and then Cassidy rises up behind him. Cole is still going, where did he go? I can't see him anymore. Yeah. So you can stand up and then do the big turnaround reveal that Cassidy is standing there and he just hugs him. And Adam Cole is like, what are you doing? and then realizes he can't escape the hold. Mm -hmm. And he is flailing his arms. He's trying to kick out. He's like, no, the hug is too powerful. And that's when Cassidy <clears throat> jumps. It was so good. Uh, so, loved it. However. However, <laughs> I don't think there should have been a lights out match. It's a hardcore match. This was this was a hardcore, a spectacular match, yeah. And I, 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 I'm like, well, why did you make it a lights out match then? And I'm like, Probably so you can give Cassidy the win, which he needs, I agree with, for the purpose of the story. But you don't give Cole an actual loss yep. because you want him to probably go for a title afterwards. Because he's undefeated in singles competition currently. And he is like, but he's like four and one against Cassidy. And I just think it's a cop out way to book. And I think you, the lights out is an incredibly protected stipulation in that company. And it's only been done twice. And it's it's been a few more than that. Well, I'm just thinking Moxley Omega and they did one. They did one on Dynamite as well. What was that? I one? think it was uh, Moxley Janella. No, maybe it was something like in the early days of the yeah, pay per view. I think it was a lights right, out. Match. I think that was actually right, the right. first one they did. Well, definitely the the most recent two have set this bloodbath standard. And you know what? I don't love that style of match, but it is a definite endpoint in the story. And I just don't feel like that was that match. It's like, but that, I guess another argument against the one I'm making would be, well, you know, you've had a bunch of Hell in a Cell matches. It's refreshing to have one that doesn't go outside the cage and you mm -hmm. just have a singles match in the Hell in a Cell. That was the argument I was going to give as a yeah. counter to it, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not completely wedded to that argument, mm -hmm. but I think it is a, an argument that can be made. I find myself falling on the other side, which is I feel like this is just a loophole to beat Cole but not beat Cole, in yeah. which case protect the stipulation. But I, we said this last week that 
this is pretty much being done. So Cassidy, mm. well, you know, Cassidy's likely going to get the win. Although we did think it was going to be because Johnny Gargano was there. But I agree with you. I think this is such a, it is a stipulation that needs to mean something because what you don't want to do is become Hell in a the Cell. There was a period in time when Hell in a Cell meant something. When you booked a Hell in a Cell match, you're like, oh my God, you're doing a Hell in a Cell match. And then people will say like, oh, WWE recently killed it. I don't know. <laughs> oh no, I mean, they were quite quick to kill that concept early on because they- 2011. Because they, I mean, even before then, even during the action, they would sometimes do them on TV and, and things like that. Like, mm. I think that they, they themselves made the stipulation feel less and less special. And doing, if you're only gonna do one of these a year, I really do think it needs to feel like the bloodbath yeah. that we got uh, last year with uh, with Rosa and Baker. I agree, obviously. Um, so overall, oh, four out of five also, show. Uh, Moxley and Kingston versus Suzuki and Archer was also a lights out match. So they did two of them last year. Huh. Isn't that funny how that does not stick in my memory? So what someone has said, like, why do people always forget that match? I actually did forget that until uh, the Slammer I pointed it out. Great huh. name, by the way. Um, so I gave it four out of five because I'm an AW hater. <laughs> the, uh, I mean, the community tab did give that the big five out of five. They're 60%. <clears throat> 28% thinking it was four out of five. 9% thinking it was a middle of the roads. Uh, I mean, for me, it's a five out of five show. Mm -hmm. Like I, I just I had such a blast watching it. Sometimes it is how you leave them, folks. And this show opened amazing. It ended amazing. I thought the punk uh, MJF stuff was awesome. Um, and it was nice to see Baker get some promo time. Wish it had led to something, but you know they had their one women's uh, match, so it can't have two. It can't have a brawl. That would almost be a match. Let's get into your Omega chat. We've got a bunch. So uh, I'm just going to brace myself. <laughs> Probably all shouting at me. Uh, Phil Buckley. Danhausen appearance was perfect. And I think Orange getting a win over Cole after Danhausen cursed Cole makes sense and allows both guys to still look strong. Oh, I, I didn't actually factor in that perhaps Danhausen cursed him. Oh, I don't think... I mean, I don't think it's... A Cole-Danhausen feud off the back of this is going to do I mean... the, pe the, critique, the critics of... Uh, yeah. Cole. <laughs> Ross Maltby... Turcot. Very excited for Danhausen. Did you see the video where he had Billy Gunn laughing when he said, I'm coming with you to the ass ranch? So funny. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love the fact he calls him Chris Judas. Um, mm. Oh my, there's just so many things that he does I think are really, really funny and I'm so excited to see what he's going to do in AEW. Christopher Jazzcathausen. <laughs> love that Love that Danhausen. This week's A&W was very... Oh, yeah. did, did you see that? That's because Danhausen got a job there. Yeah. Well, yeah, he was applying for it. And they replied to him as well, uh, being like, enjoyed the job application. It's such, he's really good. This week's A&W was very nice, very evil. I think people are selling Danhausen's in-ring work short. He's character-based, but he looks solid to me. He's not the leader of the Dark Order, though. <laughs> we all know that's got to be Raven. Just a guy says, Ollie, I was in the building. 90% of the audience knew who he was. Well, you, you just a guy. Just a guy. <laughs> NF. I scared the F out of my dog when Danhausen popped up on my screen because he was in a deep sleep and I just started yelling and screaming. Woof. Tyler Woodward, all elite Hausen. I didn't get him to begin with, but I'm a mark of him. I'm a Mark Hausen. I actually stayed up to watch Dynamite last night instead of falling asleep before it starts. Also, Sammy as TNT champ is so much better. Cody needs to turn heel. And maybe he's already turned heel. Yeah. 
uh, on the subject of Cody and Sammy, Mons2806 said, I don't know what was a bigger surprise, Cody losing or Cody not getting an entrance. That was weird. The show opened on them both in the ring. Well, you've got to capitalize on those. Yeah, yeah. You know, the 1.7 million you get watched in the first five minutes. It's smart. Yeah, yeah it's a very good idea. And uh, Nate, yes. Wait, so you're telling me, you're telling me, Cody Rhodes had a big title ladder match and didn't get busted open. He must really not be under contract. Great show. No surprise. I loved the Kings of the Black Throne promo. Love that, Danhausen, or be cursed. That's a good point. No Cody color. I was fully expecting yeah. it. It really was. Um, Lax Simham, Nara Simham B. Two possibilities for next week. One, Punk gains the upper hand. FTR and Spears interrupt and get fended off by... I don't know. The Briscoes, further in the Briscoes FTR thing. MGF blames the only guy who uh, who was nowhere at the round at the time, Wardlow. Or have someone from Pinnacle punch MGF, causing Punk to lose via DQ, and have MGF get uh, even with Punk for causing him a loss in the same way. Would get heat. MGF something to shamelessly brag about. Punk has a bone to pick. DQ would work in this case. It could even make sense for MGF to get a win in storyline sense, but then it is friggin' Chicago. Having him lose via pinfall submission, even with the shenanigans, probably not the best idea. With the DQ, they can save the actual match for pay-per-view, maybe revolution. Not a fan of any of those ideas, I don't think. I just think a straight singles match, no shenanigans. Maybe MJF tries to cheat as always, but ultimately a clean win either way. But I don't know which which way. Mm. How to give Punk two? Oh, sorry, they'll give MJF two losses in 2022. Mm. Uh, Kane Plays Games said, Well, I think CM Punk and MJF are the best talkers in wrestling. I thought this week's back and forth went on way too long. I totally zoned out by the end of it. I just wanted to move on. Also, Wildlow might be as strong, as strong as an actor as he is physically. Great facials. On the subject of Jericho in a circle, uh, here's where we get to. David Cam Camilleri. So David used, uh, also emailed in to support at WrestleTalk.com. We read out this email mm. on the, uh, the Raw review. Uh, hi guys, David from Sydney, Australia here. Sorry about the ashes. We don't know what that means. Um, it's cricket. We don't care. Uh, I'm so sick of Jericho. He's a shadow of his former self. At least there was no GFY tonight. Seriously, I hope Fozzie has a best-selling record so he can tour the world for a long, long time. God, that's a freaking monkey's paw, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the... <laughs> Oh, so you want a fuzzy record? Do you have all the fuzzy records you want. Uh, the guilty hat. As Jericho only works with people who are over to get both himself over, uh, which I respect. Who do you think his next opponent will be after this is done? Danhausen or Hook? <laughs> Personally, I hope the latter. So to give Hook his first big win. Well, that's not a bad idea. I like Jericho going for Hook because you've got Taz on commentary with him. Uh, yeah, and Hook just like has no time for Jericho's nonsense. Jericho would be a heel there, though. Yeah, I 100%. like him. Uh, Laxim Ham's back again. Said, it. imagine if Sammy and Hager also side. Where's Hager been? Has he actually been on TV with them? He was in a backstage promo, I think, a couple of weeks ago. Because they actually made this on commentary as well that they thought it was weird. Like the commentary was like really weird that Jericho, Santana, and Ortiz didn't come out to celebrate with Sammy. And I was like, mm. oh, yes, Sammy is in that group, isn't he? No, Fuego del Sol. <laughs> He's who I think of when I think Sammy. Imagine if Sammy and Hager also side against Jericho and Eddie Kingston has taken over the inner circle or Jericho, Sammy and Hager versus Kingston, Santana and Ortiz. Uh, you know, never mind. It kind of sounds like a modern day NWO uh, black and white versus NWO wolf pack. By the way, that cutter. Oh, yeah. That would worry. Yeah, for me, I don't want Sammy just going back into 
like being a sidekick for Jericho again because that also hurts the TNT title. He should be getting into his own feuds. I'll hot tag back. Kevin, I think Britt needs to lose the title soon because she beat everybody and nobody was a credible threat to her reign. And also AEW are only building heel stars in the women's division. Deeb, Hirsch, Cargill. I only see Rosa as a credible contender. Yeah. Rosa is pretty much the only credible contender that they have <laughs> currently. I don't think that means you should just take the title off of Brits because I think she is insanely popular. Mm -hmm. um, I think you cannot take that away from her. Don't let bad feuds or bad booking of feuds take away from the good work that she has done. People are also saying that Hager is doing MMA. And as you know, MMA training means you cannot go to TV yeah. for two hours uh, a week. Yeah, boy, Ed Games. Britt Baker is starting to become AEW's Charlotte Flair. Long title reign, but has not really put anyone over, and her segments are just self-congratulatory, with last night being the most egregious. Please get to the point and to the feud already. Disagree with that as well. Also, I think you know Charlotte Flair is also a proven needle mover. Uh, I think more Becky Lynch. Like, Becky Lynch, great promo. I love watching her wrestle. Um, but yeah, like it feels like she's not properly making anyone else that well that, that's not on baker though is it that's on the, yeah. the company yeah yeah uh hannah allen guys this show was epic i loved every minute of it the cole versus cassidy match was fantastic the danhausen surprise i've been feeling a little bit blue due to the state of the world at the moment and this was what we needed and wrestle talk gosh darn a lot of love jam that jam dad liw four 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 life well hope you're feeling better mm -hmm. jack nichols aew was a right blast that main event was fun, fun, fun. Seriously jazzed for Pack versus Black, and hopefully that will lead to Black versus Sammy or Paige. Stay peng, lads. What's your favourite men's <laughs> TO match? <laughs> men's TOA match. Uh, I uh, I like that Jack is trying to find more and more obscure wrestlers <laughs> to see. Like, I mean, next week will be what's your favourite Pete Gas match? Mm -hmm. To which the answer is the Hardcore Spectacular from WrestleMania 2000. Brilliant. Dan Torkel. Hey guys, is it time for AEW to up from four to six pay-per-views a year? I'm feeling real fatigue since Full Gear and the feuds and stories are getting repetitive. Their TV specials are great, but pay-per-views have bigger stakes and the in-between feuds, Page Archer, feel like filler. So this is what we were parking mm. that conversation from earlier towards, because I knew there was a chat like this. Well, I don't think the TV's felt repetitive at all. I think I think it's been having an, an incredible degree of star power, main draw matches. Paige Danielson for an hour and then the rematch. We're getting Punk MJF next week. These are full-on pay-per-view, biggest pay-per-view matches you can do. 100%. And they're doing them on TV. Sammy, I mean, on this TV show alone, Sammy and Cody in the ladder match, Cassidy in the lights out match. Yeah. And like, yeah, like next week, not only is it Punk MJF, I can say it again. Death Triangle versus Kings mm. of the Black Throne. In like that is, I mean, I'm excited for Punk MGF, but that's the match I'm really excited for. I feel like this has been the case since Full Gear, like really top tier TV matches. So it'll be interesting to see when Revolution rolls around what the card is, and if it's like, oh, but it's a shame you didn't save one of those big matches you put on TV for this. And imagine like. Well, starting next week, because then we're into February, that's when we'll start to see what we're shaping up with for Revolution. Because like in two weeks' time, we're getting the Page uh, Archer match, right? Yeah. Which basically is only going to give them two weeks then to build Hangers match for Revolution, because mm. it's the start of March. 
always be scamming Memberg for seven months. It's Pokemon Day today, and we get treated with a wild Danhausen last night, and the flying type Sammy with that beautiful cutter, jam that effing jam. Uh, Corey Venenkant says, Hey gents, first time Omega Chatter, wanted to point out how well AEW learned from their production mistakes with blood and guts by framing up the finish of Cassidy and Cole very well. Made the finish for me. Huge fan of the Dynamite reviews. Jam that Jamhausen. Thank you. Yeah. Good point. Great point. Mm. Kevin May. Amazing ladder match with spots I've never seen. Blah, blah. Fantastic lights out match with a somehow sweet ending there. Malachi Black saying, welcome your brother before cutting to Julia Hart. Pfft. Dan Housen is all elite. Yes, many very evils out of five. <laughs> <laughs> Omar Josui. This is the first Dynamite I've been able to watch live in seven months because my job has been so hectic. But good, good. Does it feel good to watch amazing wrestling and enjoy it with everyone as it happens? Very nice. Very evil indeed. Love you, lads. Thank you, love you too. Thank you. Cole Woodruff, funny story. I swiped on a Tinder girl wearing Derby, Punk and Omega shirts in her pics. I brought up beach break in conversation and she had no idea what it was. She said, oh, I don't watch. I just like the shirts. They're a t-shirt <laughs> They are a t-shirt company. Do you think this is a real story? I mean, well, okay, when I was at school, um, this is probably more when I was at, actually no, because it was quite probably when I, but this is when I was at, like, at work, I think, when I had one of my first real jobs. There were girls there who would buy Guns N' Roses t-shirts or uh, Rolling Stones t-shirts. Yeah, because, Ramones, sure, yeah. Yeah, because they were like sold in, I don't know, like retail stores and things like Peacocks, that, right? Prime. Yeah, Prime, uh, New Look and things like mm. that. And then you'll be like, oh, you, you like Guns N' Roses? They're like, never heard a song. I just like this, wearing this t-shirt. There's a Nirvana one that was quite a popular one where someone was like, never heard them before in my life, but I, I really like this t-shirt. Um, maybe that's just the same thing here. If she'd have seen them like in a shop or something and was like, well, these are nice T-shirt designs. Well, that means AEW has sort of penetrated mainstream culture to an extent I don't think it has. But wow, well, what no, an anecdote. Well, no, no, actually, that's completely opposite. They haven't penetrated the mainstream culture because she has no idea what they are. But they have... If you, but they're being sold in the sorts of places that that person would go to. Well, they might be sold on like a Hot Topic or yeah, something. So. Not as good as WrestleShop.com. Get your new T-shirts. By the way, just wear whatever t-shirts you want. It doesn't matter. Perseus M. I was there, guys. It was a blast. The place exploded when Wardlow's music hit. Almost everybody there was sure Gargano would turn up, but was still a lot of fun. It looked like Cody and Sammy died multiple times from where I was. Uh, nobody knew who Dan Housen was. That's not what it says at all. That is, it does not say that in the chat whatsoever. Kevin, also, what was the point of Cody being TNT champion? Was Sammy supposed to win at Battle of the Belts? Uh, Darby and Miro have done great. Where's Miro been? Miro's injured. Fair enough. Darby and Miro have done great things with this belt, but I don't feel it with Sammy and Cody. I agree. Yeah. Joshua Larkin has been a member for six months. Took parents and fiance to a show last night. 50 year fan dad feels like a kid again. MJF and five star ladder match, one over a non fan fiance. Love you guys. That's great to hear, Josh. I would imagine they don't know who Dan Harris is. <laughs> Kyle Jeffries. So not 100%. We never said 100%, though. <laughs> Kyle Jeffries. If, if anything, you said, I think it was 60%. <laughs> Love this, sh love this show, but see a lot of negativity on OC beating 
Adam Cole, and people pointing out Cole's lost his body between NXT and AEW. Wish we got a bit more of a face turn from Wardlow. Wonder if that might be next week in the house. No, I, 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 people are like begging for this field. I think you can stretch this out longer. I don't think you can do it before the Punk match. Yeah, I think you need yeah. to. I think you can stretch this out much further. And I know there are a lot of people being like, "Oh man, Adam Cole looks like he's out of shape." I wish I was as out of shape as Adam Cole is. Crikey, I've not seen that at all. Some stupid punk. Whoa, 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 whoa. Are we going to ignore Tony telling Will Hobbs the mic is frozen, stuck to my <laughs> hand, and Will Hobbs looking at him and goes, so? Oh, man. We were running short on time, so we had to skip over or not talk about some segments much. But yeah, it was hilarious then to be like, this is Beach Break. Here's a segment to show how dumb of a name that is because we're on a frozen beach and everyone's too cold. It's a memberg for eight months, by the way. William Rossmer, I'm excited to see MJF Punk live next week, but the big story is Danhausen is all elite Hausen. The only reason I can see Cody winning the title was to get heel heat by ruining Christmas. Yeah, well, is he a heel? Uh, DX Solo, man, yeah. for six months. Hey, fellas. So for Valentine's Day, my wife got me tickets for Dynamite on the si- on the 9th of February in Atlantic Jersey. So excited to see Adam Cole. That could, that's around Keith Lee, uh, Ember Moon, you know, all those people who got released late last year. Yeah. <gasps> oh, DX. I think there are two names, actually three names, and we have said them enough. Ember Moon, Keith Lee, and Swerve mm. are the three mm. signings you have to do. Swain So Sour, Memberg for five months. Another month for Memberg. Monday was my birthday. My girlfriend got me floor seats for AEW on the 9th Whoa! of February. Also got a gift from Omicron, and it's the worst. Oh, oh I'm sorry, sorry to hear got that. that. But hey, Swain So Sour and DX Solo. Meet up. Meet up. Yeah. Meet up. Give the people what they want. JS, we'll, we'll put it. Meet up. Send a picture to us. Yes. We'll put it on the stream. Love that. JS, Wooten. AEW always gives off the feeling of spinning plates. Revolution will be a good pay-per-view, but it's clear they're going to make double or nothing huge this year. Those play- those plates are going to keep spinning, and things will be uneven till spring. Dad, foe, and W what well, talk for life. I disagree. Yeah, I, I think... Um, yeah, I don't know how you can tell that Double or Nothing is going to be huge at this point. Yeah, I'll read out these next ones yeah. because they're about your four out of five rating. Kane plays games. Ollie, now I know that you're on the Nick Khan coin as opposed to the Tony Khan coin because four out of five apparently means you're definitely suddenly Team WWE and hate everything AEW. Which Khan coin has the better exchange rates to British pound coins? Kane plays games. I'm, I don't even trade in fiats like GBP anymore. I'm purely digital. <laughs> Ten Rosa. Are we seeing Ollie become the Mr. McMahon Davis enjoying Raw more than AEW? This was a beautiful episode and I loved Sammy. I hope they changed the theme and intro to Dynamite to include it. Gargano, I'll be patient. Also, the Australian Open Tournament has been awesome. Um, you know I didn't like Raw this week. <laughs> well, you gave it three out of three five. Three out of five, yeah. Yeah, yeah. my Raw stat. But you gave last week's show five out of five? I mean, pretty much. <laughs> Should have been. Bad one champion. I would have agreed with Ollie with this being a four out of five show before the main event. But Danhausen made this 10,000 out of five for me. Though I disagree with Ollie calling the women's match boring. I really liked it. And it was between two top fighters. Good. Kevin said, I think people are very vocal about Ollie's rating because they really like AEW and just like WWE back then, they don't want to be told that what they like isn't good. Also, I think that people expect AEW to be judged on the same scale as Raw, so it is five out of five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Edgar says, all I hear come out of Ollie's mouth on Thursdays is, I hate AEW. Let's go, Pete. It's so, it's crazy how quickly this has changed. <laughs> True, Ofner. I find it really interesting that you'll have been down on the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's personal life circumstances, but I've enjoyed the TBS Dynamite era infinitely more than the weeks before winter is coming and the TBS debut. Hey, Drew, don't lump me into this. I've been giving these shows five out of five. It's this one over here. Um, Daniel says, hey, everyone, hope you're well. Bit of a spicy take. But what if WWE pulls a WWE and has Roman cost Brock and then have Brock cost Roman? So what I believe would be the first Roman versus Brock without a title on the line at WrestleMania. Remember, stay safe. Jam that jam. (sighs) When they both enter the Rumble and eliminate each other at the same (laughs) time and win the Rumble. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Helford said, did you guys see Gargano's tweet? So awesome of him to to say, uh, so excited for his return, whenever and whatever it is. uh, Maybe love Johnny Wrestling. Yes, he did tweet. And also, remember for three months there, Hell Hell Lord. Yeah, he did say, I heard your chance, because they were doing a lot of chance from last night. So Khan said in an interview that a dream debut is coming. Danhausen. All right. I mean, it could have been Danhausen. I wouldn't have said that in a big public interview. Tony, hold on. Yeah, yeah, yeah maybe it's in a bubble. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jack Nichols, um, I just watched your predictions, and I think it's clear that the frozen man from Canada, a.k.a. Tempest, a.k.a. the Yeti, <laughs> deserves to win. A fiver for that display alone. What a legend. Have a great day, lads. Uh, the Jam 1 Jam Beard. Yo, listen up. Here's a story about a little guy that... Yo, listen up. Here's a story about a little guy that lives in a blue world. And all day and all night and everything he sees is just blue. Like the life inside and outside. I struggled to remember the, how that well went. Well done, though. I didn't know what the hell that was. I got it a little you... bit. And then I got I got about three lines in. Then I was like, how does the rest of it go? So I know it goes inside and out. I can remember the rest of it. Anyway. Mandy Savage, been a member for nine months. He says, happy third birthday to the best big brother ever, Emmett. Emmett is the best. Emmett, number one. If Luke and Ollie tell you to call me mum, not Amanda, maybe you will. Third birthday. So, big brother, but it's not her big brother. It's her little baby's bigger brother. Call them Amanda. (laughs) Uh, Ten Ruzza, I like this, has been called Last Minute Chathausens. Ten Ruzza, these streams need to be two hours. Too much to talk, plus good money from our chats. Also, if you want, you could do Monday Night Rose Riesling shows <laughs> and Orderly <laughs> Wine Club this month. Hashtag Wine52. I'm in Australia, so I can't uh, even get it, sadly. Hashtag Miro come back. Uh, the mayor of Painesville, Dan. Danhausen? Gimmick <laughs> infringement right there. I'm going to challenge him to a match in Painesvillehausen when he gets to keep the Dan name. Sense of a Wookiee said, ladder match was five out of five. Ollie, what's wrong with you? Legit Layla Hirsch for Team Taz, pretty please. What faction do you think will be the first with more than one woman? Britt Baker's faction. She already has it. Um, Would love for a faction fuse to spill over into the women's roster. That I completely agree with. Well, maybe go subscribe to Parts Unknown because later today, I think someone called Tempest has a video essay on that exact idea. He stole it from me. Jerry Nero West, book Danhausen for Quizzlemania. Hey, tell that to Adam. 
Uh, love this episode and debut, by the way. I popped hard. Legit Underboss said, Gotta love wrestling Twitter. AEW only signs ex-WWE people. AEW signs Danhausen. They <laughs> say, who is that? Sign someone I know. Uh, also, CM Punk saying that MGF wears Amazon knockoff scarves is true. They're twelve ninety nine. Hmm. Yeah, there, is a, there was a lot of that yesterday. The same thing happened with Brody King as well. Hmm. Like people have been like, oh, AEW just only signed XWB guys. They signed Brody King. Like, don't know who that is. Can't win. Um, Eric said, this AEW Dynamite was a thousand out of 10 just for making Danhausen all elite Housen. Jam that jam, Housen. D-A-D for president. I don't think I can. I'm not American. Uh, although, do you know that Tempest can be our prime minister? Because he's, he's part of the Commonwealth. I don't, I wouldn't stand for it. <laughs> Even if that's uh, legal or whatever the correct thing is. I, yeah. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't let that happen. You wouldn't let a Canadian no. uh, become the prime minister nah, of his country. No. <laughs> you... a, f a Frenchie <laughs> trying to sneak in through the other side. <laughs> Kyle Jeffries. I am donating again just to make this podcast longer. Love your guys' content. I feel like a lot of people have picked up on me going, come on, let's, let's get to the next one. Oh, God, I'm trying to catch. Uh, Eric has been a member for six months in a row, said, I want to be paid like Ollie gets paid by WWE. Oh, come over to the dark side, Eric. It's amazing. It's how we can afford all this wine. You don't need to be able to afford it. It's free. That's a good point. And Omar Jose, lastly, said, sorry for the typo. I meant to say, good God. Also, something I found hilarious was Shivani whispering sucks at the end of MJ every MJF chant. I love this company. Very, very good. Whew. Oh, loads of stuff. And we've got plenty more to come, including Eddie Kingston on tomorrow's episode of the WrestleTalk podcast. God damn. Yeah, me and Denise will be chatting with Eddie Kingston, a special Q&A episode tomorrow. He should be around for sort of 20 minutes-ish, I reckon. So we're really excited to have him on the show. So yeah, join us tomorrow. It'll be on at 4 p.m. UK time, which is 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific. Honestly, my favorite wrestler of the last time. I love that guy. When they emailed me and said... <sighs> Do you want to have Eddie Kingston come on the show? He's free this Friday. And I was like, yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, yes. There was only like a handful of names they could have said that I'd have been more excited for. Mm. And even then, it's not. Kevin Kelly doesn't work there. Well, well exactly. Yeah. yeah. It was like, you know, him or Tony Schiavone. Oh, God damn. God Eddie damn. on the show tomorrow. Can't not wait. Subscribe right now because not only have you got that tomorrow, you've got the Royal Rumble live reactions. It's the Jamble. It's on Sunday. Saturday, God damn it! premium live events. Should we take a look at someone else who's declared? So I've been with WrestleTalk for about two years now, and in that time, I've had several different titles. I started off as a YouTube moderator, and then Ollie named me Mod Mother, and then I was head moderator and now operations coordinator, and I've had such a good time working with the company and, you know, climbing the rungs of the corporate ladder, but there's one title that I have not even had a chance at yet until now. The Jam That Championship, that title, I want that. I think that I've put in the work and the effort for it, and I think it's my time now. So to my British boys over there, um, you may see me when it comes to an employee as the American dream. Well, since I'm in the jamble now, you're going to see me as your competition, your American nightmare. See you at the jamble. Mod Mother Jenna.
with her shaved head that's grown back so quickly. And impressively. She's got my hair now. Looks great. Paid good money for this hair. She just has it naturally. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. I can't remember what number she got at the Jamble uh, stream yesterday, but... If you enjoyed this stream, I highly recommend you, if you haven't seen yesterday's uh, Royal Jamble predictions, the numbers picking was a lot of fun. <laughs> it went off the rails and man. Uh, yeah, so Jenna has got number seven. She has got number 22 and number three. So that's, uh, that's uh, three numbers. That's a one in 10 chance, but there's another rumble. There's so it's either. actually a six in 60 chance which is also a one in 10 chance. <laughs> Andy has got the number 30 spot and he is now supremely confident because he thinks Brock and Ronda are winning their rumbles and they'll both be number 30 entries. Yeah, so Andy could win both rumbles. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We've just had one more chat come in. Pointless AF has said, anti-WWE Twitter users, stop signing ex-WWE guys. Tony Khan, signs a big independent wrestler. Anti-WWE Twitter users, oh my God, you should like... Oh my god, like you should actual big wrestling stars. Sign actual big wrestling stars, I think they say. Uh, I can't handle wrestling Twitter. Hey, don't go on that. Don't go on it. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. It's a horrible place. Um, I know it's got nice people on there, but I think the the cost massively outweighs the benefit. But you know what? Speaking of cost, but maybe not outweighing benefit because it's such a low, low cost. Free wine! Wine52.com. That link nearly worked. Please click the link in the video description down below. Wine52.com forward slash WrestleTalk. Get yourself three free bottles of Winehausen for just the cost of your postage and packaging. UK viewers only. We're better than you and we drink it. This is a perfect <laughs> gift for a loved one at this coming Valentine's. Do you know what? I I've come up with my own saying. Hmm. Wine is evening coffee. <laughs> you know, coffee gets you started, yeah. gets you going. Wine brings you back down. Yeah. Brings you back down. Just checking then. Can I give you my quibble about the WWE Network? Oh, where, where to start? Well, we've got the good version. Well, that's what the I mean. old so, WWE. So we've got the old WWE Network, which is the far superior version of WWE. Mm. But even then, oh, it's got some problems, hasn't it? Uh, my my biggest of which is that it doesn't have a full schedule. Oh yeah, it like you just go to a page and it's this is on here. Yeah. yeah. What I want is just like because if you click watch now, it will tell you what is on for the next twenty four hours. But I'm looking to be like, well, what time does the Rumble start mm. this Saturday? Mm. And I can't find that out until Saturday, which makes making plans very difficult. I always end up on Digital Spy, of all places. But I find that to be unreliable. Once, I and it was actually for the Royal Rumble when me and Laurie were trying to figure out the editor. And he was like, but it's on Sunday. And I said, no, 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 it's on Saturday. And we were... We looked at the, the same Digital Spy article and it said it's on Saturday, it's on Sunday the tw the 29th of January. Yeah. But that's two wrong dates. Yes, but what that would be is based on what last year's was and then a guess at what this year's will be. Because they write them massively in advance. 
and this then, was only three weeks ago. But I, mean, you, I, I know, but then the, I, I suppose it, you, you probably should have updated it, Digital yeah. Spy, in all fairness. Yeah. But yeah, like websites like that, write those up. Like once Rumble 21 mm-hmm. is finished, they will have set a page up for Rumble 22. What time does it start? Where can you watch it? For the SEO ranking and things like that. Just get over to Andy. Mention him to do that. <laughs> tap, 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 tap. But then I find myself in this position where I've loaded up the show's page. It says Saturday, January 29th, 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific. And I'm so bad at maths, I don't know when that is for UK time. But it's World Clock Buddy. World Clock Buddy. Oh, you're about to... This is going to transform your... Weld time. Time time clock converter. You're going to rock your weld clock. Uh, So place or time. So I'm looking for, if I do London, London, England. Yeah. And then I can just add one in. It's in GMT. Yeah. It's in GMT, yeah. Yeah, So so if I then add uh, Los Angeles. Please note this free version allows for a maximum. Okay. okay, so just remove Cairo and Moscow. Okay, I don't think we need. Dewsbury, I don't think we need Dewsbury, do we? Uh, and then I can add Los Angeles. Right. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> and then if I go to, so it starts at New York as well. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, we'll do New, New York, York, which is where SP3 is. Actually, that's actually quite nice because that is where SP3 is, and that's where Angela is. Um. And it starts at 8 a.m. Eastern. No, no, 8 p.m. Eastern. 8 p.m. Eastern. So 8 p.m. Eastern. The bottom one. Oh, wait, yeah, it is here. 8 p.m. Eastern. No, but that says it's 11 p.m. New York, and that's not right. No, no, Eastern is New York. So you go 8 p.m. there. Oh, yeah, 5 p.m. 1 a.m. So that means the pre-show starts at midnight. Oh, that's a bit rough. I actually was going back to find a conversation I had with Pete because I was looking for a, mm. a picture of Pete for the general uh, thumbnails and that. And I found a conversation with him when I discovered that the Extreme Rules show started at 12, the kickoff show, and I was livid. Yeah. What happened to the 11 o'clock ones? Exactly right. But that's okay because that means, uh, so I know the pre-show starts at 12. We'll start about half past, well, we'll get about half past 11. That gives me a bit of time to do some recording of my own podcast, which mm. is basically what I was looking to find. I thought you were doing it from home, though. I am doing it from home, but yeah. like I'm going to re- I'm going to record with Ash, and I'm okay. going to try and get an episode done because we didn't get anything done yesterday. You enjoyed the Rumble stream yesterday. Very the, fun. The prediction stream. Very fun. It made me want to just crash it and say, <laughs> "Give me a number." <laughs> well, I mean, we had a massive panic before we started. So you know, Streamyard allows for ten people. That also means that only ten people can be in the back end, mm. and we had twelve. Including, oh. including the entry cam. So you can have 10 people on screen and also only 10 people in. So all of a sudden, people could not get into the back end. <sighs> and this was like a minute before we were about to go live. Because we've never <laughs> tried this before. No, not with that many people. Not with that many people. I had to upgrade StreamYard. Oh. Yeah, uh, for a month. And I can go back, down, okay. go back down a plane. Because that allows us for 10 people on screen, but 12 people in the back end, which was just the number that we <laughs> needed. I literally did that. And the second I did it, Angela joined the stream. Oh. I was like, perfect timing. Does that give us like a higher resolution as well? It gives us a whole bunch of stuff. I, I need to go through what it actually yeah. gives us, but I was just mostly focused on the fact that good. we needed uh, to get all 12 of us in. I you, were, l- you were concerned that it was going to take a while to, to do the numbers? Did did take about 35, 40 minutes to give everybody the numbers? It's what Pete said as well. Pete said, we should just do all three of them, like give everyone their three numbers straight away. And I was like, no, that's less fun. Also, that means the last person gets in, 
just gets handed three numbers and that's less fun for, the, for mm-hmm, them to come in. Mm-hmm. I was like, it's more fun, more drama if we do it individually. It was excellent live streaming, particularly at the end when Pete had to remove himself because of the on-screen limit, but then you had a chat for Pete <laughs> and you asked it and removed yourself and brought Pete in and took him out. I thought that was in fits of laughter. I have no idea how the audio version sounded. I felt like it was very much a visual, particularly with Tempest in the outside, yeah, yeah, like yeah. doing snow angels and stuff. It felt like a very visual affair, but still, I had a fun time doing this. So, you, I mean, why aren't you watching the Rumble live? Uh, just because I don't like staying up late. <laughs> and this is one of my things this year. It ruins me for about a week afterwards. So I'm trying not to do it. But because I have now not got you on a podcast, mm. you know, you went on the prediction stream yesterday, so I can ask you, who do you think is winning the Rumble? I So when I did my Wrestle League predictions, I went for Brock to win the men's. Cause I can't, like, who else is there? That's what I thought. Yeah, <laughs> who else is there apart from the people already fighting for the titles? Well done, WWE. Yeah, the, the answer is, who else is there? Roman Reigns. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, which is what you and Pete did. Uh, and Ronda. Still going Bel Air. Mm. I, I think if Ronda is in the Rumble, she's eliminating Flair. Yep, that that that's kind of what I'm I'm attaching my wagon to. Asuka could eliminate Flair. Yeah, but I don't think they care about Asuka enough. No. I, think, I think maybe it would have been, but now that Ronda's in, they're like, well, now we need to focus yeah, on yeah. on Ronda. Mm. But I just think, yeah, the story. I would be very annoyed if they've been telling this story with Bianca Belair since SummerSlam, and then abandon all of that. Just because, right? Look, I know you. I know you're making that face at me, and you're absolutely right. And I'm, an, I'm a fool for thinking they wouldn't do this. <laughs> All I'm saying is, I would be annoyed if they did. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That would be annoying. It would be. Annoying, yeah. Wouldn't it? Yeah. It, yeah. I, would, I fully expect it. Yes. Yeah. Would, I'd still be annoyed by it. Ah, oh, just start tempering those expectations <laughs> now. Oh, you're, are you excited to have Rhonda back? Mm. Have you missed her? I. She certainly adds something. Um, I, I wouldn't say I've missed her though, but maybe when she's on telly, I'll be like, oh yeah, actual fierce competition for Becky. Because mm. I've never really bought anyone else as competition apart from Bel Air. Mm-hmm. So that could work. Mm. Yeah. Do you think it'll be past Mania as well? No, I think it'll be a short term mm. thing. Just for Mania? Just for Mania. Get oh, that Mania fuck. box. <laughs> well, bought- no, well, she might be on Raw. Because like, yeah. if she's there to build a, f- a feud with Becky, she'll be on USA. <sighs> Which I'd imagine will actually piss off Fox even mm. more because they bought the WWE off the back that Ronda was there. Ronda and Brock Lesnar, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Cheers, WWE. I love SmackDown. Well, they got Roman. They Have we got any emails? We actually don't. Oh, come on, why do you think fans. I'm trying, why do you think I'm trying to fill for time? We don't have any emails to be read out. Uh, there's some for um, LIW, of course, but there's none for us. Well, we need to keep hammering the emails. We, I did. Well, here's a segment. Support I, at WrestleTalk.com. Here's a segment I wanted to introduce. Mm. It's the most cringe thing you've ever seen at a wrestling show. A cringe. The, the main thing we want to go like, ooh. And I, I don't mean like by just wrestlers, perhaps. But fans, mm. like cringy wrestling fans, there's a, a, a Twitter account I very much like called Cringe Wrestling Takes. Mm-hmm. That is oh Louis at Louis Dangle. <laughs> <laughs> Louis has featured on it a couple uh-huh. of times actually, yeah. And it is basically just someone who screen caps just like really cringe wrestling takes. 
Um, I'll see if I can show you some examples. What would be the most cringe thing you've seen on a wrestling show? It'll be when, probably when, we went to Fight Forever. Mm -hmm. And Fight Forever had this gimmick where there was going to be a party hosted by either The Godfather <laughs> or Papa Shango. Oh, I remember. And it'd be weird if it was Papa Shango. Because obviously you think party, you think The Godfather. You think Godfather, you mm -hmm. think parties. I don't think you look at Papa Shango and be like, there's a party guy right there. So Godfather was uh, chosen for the event that we were at. And he brought some lucky VIPs up on stage. And there was a wrestling fan there in a Venom hoodie. <laughs> not, not to disparage anyone who uh, chooses to wear Venom merchandise, but I think it does say a lot about you. It's like, <laughs> it's like having The Fiend as your avatar on Twitter. Mm -hmm. um, and... He, uh, Godfather was like, oh, why do you want to be at the Godfather's party? And he was like, oh, I thought you'd bring your hose with you. And I think he In thought... In a very it, English... Oh, I thought you'd bring your hose with you. Yeah. And I think he thought the crowd were going to be like, hey, prostitutes. And what happened was the crowd went... <laughs> we, were, we were amongst the crowd. I know. And <sighs> with me, you and Laurie all went... Ooh. But then we all burst out laughing <laughs> yeah. because of how horrible it was. That's a good one. I forgot that happened. Yeah. I, I could just say Bruce Pritchard's follow-up podcast to that, that event. I know, Which right? was also pretty cringe. <laughs> he told a story about how Shane McMahon wanted to get his ear pierced and Vince wouldn't let him. I know, I know we're pushing time. I'm going to tell the story <laughs> as quickly as possible. Vince wouldn't let him. So, Vince, so Shane then got a fake earring and put it on his ear. And he then paraded to his dad and was like, hey, dad, look what I did. I got an ear piercing. So Vince McMahon laughed at him, then grabbed him by the throat and pushed him onto the kitchen countertop, grabbed a knife and threatened to stab him in the ear and cut a hole in his ear. You want your an ear pierced? You want your an ear pierced? Crowd were in fits of laughter by this. Me, you and Laurie said, be like, oh, this is not a good story. It's a safeguarding failure. <laughs> yeah. Right, we have got to get out of here. Thank you all so much for listening. Uh, we love you all. Tomorrow, Denise Salcedo and myself will be joined by Eddie oh. Kingston. That's right. Eddie Kingston will be dropping by for a special Q&A bonus episode of the Rust Talk podcast. Cannot wait to have him on the show. Thank you all for listening. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 